I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit. The, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook? How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm gonna have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is in the chemistry lab. I'm just verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for (laughs) other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Polly Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We'll run through the uh, the lineup for you. We've got Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub joining us at 12.30. He's bringing some baseball cards with him, yeah. from what I understand. It's going to be fun. We'll do that during the breaks on Q Sports Talk. Open some cards. Maybe make some cash. 12.45, Cam McCauley, creator of the Chronicles of Syracuse Men's Lacrosse. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we just wrapped up with Herm Frazier. He's uh, our latest guest on Inside the Orange, which we will we'll play back great. in its entirety at 2 o'clock after our show. But we had to, he's got a plane to catch, so we had to tape the segment with Herm. So we'll play back a portion of that coming up at 1 o'clock. A lot of people know Herm as uh, the man who is in charge of putting the SU football schedule together. So we'll, uh, we'll hear from Herm coming up at 1. Yeah, I got to ask him about why Penn State and not somebody else and what goes into it. it it's good stuff. Yeah, some interesting stuff in there. Uh, coming up at 1.30, our good friend. Uh, I wasn't angry with him, though. No, you're not angry you? anymore. Well, no, I'm it's hard not. to get angry with Herm. He's yeah, such no. a great guy. You no, can't but get like, angry with Herm. I, w- I wanted to tell him I was ha- I was the half that was mad about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I go, half love it because you're putting a big name on the schedule, and the other half want wins. Yeah. And I like wins better than sold-out arenas. Uh, I bet uh, he could still beat you in a foot race, by oh, the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He was winning gold medals when I was still... Uh, in diapers. He's about 20 years older than you, but my guess is he could smoke us both. Yeah, in a, we did in not. He's still running five miles, yeah, he said. I know. He, he also got into something that, like, we only have a half hour, so you can't get into it. Like, his whole life was dedicated to the Olympics when he was in college. And in 1980, the U.S. boycotted, so he spent all yeah. that time for and he was no the, he reason. He was the number one sprinter in the world. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Didn't Man. get to compete. Um, but, yeah, he's got a, an Olympic gold medal in the relay. He's got an Olympic bronze medal in the uh, the 400-meter. Uh, great guy. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from her coming up at fryer. 1 o'clock. And I eat fries out of it. And wings. <laughs> that was random. Yeah, just wanted to put it into perspective what kind of person he is and what kind of person I am. I have a couch and an air fryer. Uh, 1.30, we will hear from John Ryan, uh, 27-year pro sports better, and uh, we'll get his thoughts oh, on the on NBA Finals. I got to bet on golf. I haven't bet on golf yet. Got to bet on golf. Um, I, I hope you didn't bet on NBA last night. I did not. Okay, I was uh, All right. I probably should have let I was wrong, Steve. I owe okay. you another right. lunch. We, I was wrong. I, you know, and, and anybody that thinks I'm upset about it or I'm stupid, go ahead. I don't care. I'm not upset about it. I was wrong. That's part of this job. It is part of the job. No, I, I'm not. I'm not coming at you today. I am the one eating crow, not you. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But I'm not coming at you today. You know? Do you want to get into that right now? Because you know what's the game's not bothering me. There's something bothering me. What's bothering you? 
the boomer take. Like, I hate using that term, but I was listening to the show before ours, and they sounded like they're not that old, but they sound like boomers when they blame Draymond oh, hosting a podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It has nothing to do with how he's playing. Yeah. That, that's an excuse. I mean, that's looking for an excuse. It, like, to say his podcast affected the officiating, if that's true, what he said about the officials in the podcast, that's not on him for saying it in the podcast. It's on the officials for <laughs> allowing the podcast to get in their head and call the game differently. Yeah. Right? I mean, he did foul out last night. So yeah. it's. That's, if the officials are being petty. That's on them, not him having the podcast. Yeah. And again, though, I mean, I think we we all expected things to be called a little tighter with him after what happened in game two and the fact that he could have been kicked out, maybe should have been kicked out. Um, I, I think you had to expect that going back to Boston, he wasn't going to necessarily get to benefit from the calls the way that he did out in San Francisco. So in it and last night he got in foul trouble. Steph Curry got in foul trouble. Um, and what I said couldn't happen again, happened again. Three guys I mean, in the 20 points Boston just shot lights out yeah. again, shot about 60% in the first half. Um, Boston points in, in the paint. Points in the <laughs> <laughs> points in the paint was a key stat last night. Um, you know, the Celtics went with, with a big lineup more often than not, and, and they dominated on the inside. They had a lot of second-chance yeah. points, a lot of offensive rebounds. And I tell you what, they – they're t- they give Golden State a lot of problems because of the way they can defend, and you know, and you said it yesterday they can't score enough. They they can score enough, and I, we saw in games one and three they can score yeah, enough. I was wrong. Um, anything else you want to tell me? I was wrong about. No, I'm just I'm just saying. I I think this is an intriguing series, and by no means do I think it's over. I I it's a roller coaster. It really like, is. When they win, they win decisively. Yeah, and you don't think the other team can? There's no way they can recover from that. Boston, what they did last night, they dominated in the paint. They dominated on the rebounds. They kind of took the curry ball and said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We'll we'll shut you down defensively, and then we're just going to pound it on you. Yeah. And I think you look at, you know, the, the stars on both teams. I mean, Brown has been great. Tatum was great last night. Steph has been great. Clay was great last night. If you look at games one, two, and three, a lot of it came down to the other guys, right? Boston's other guys. Horford, White, played great in Game 1. You know, the other guys, Wiggins, Poole, played great in Game 2. Draymond had a really good Game 2. Then last night, it was back to the Celtics reserves having a big game. Smart was fantastic. So, Poole, and not that not Smart's a, a reserve, but right? the- he has been. I mean, he was last night. Um, he, he played well in Game 2. Well, I know, but wouldn't you put it more on him than Draymond's? Jer- Draymond was awful last night. Draymond couldn't guard Jalen Brown. I mean, one of one of Draymond's strengths is defensively. Yeah, he was I, awful defensively last night. Everybody has a bad game, though. No, like, I know. And it has nothing I, to do with I, his podcast. Draymond's a starter, though. Jordan Poole is not. Jordan Poole was not good last night. But Draymond, I thought Draymond played awful. He he didn't do any like he didn't do anything on either end of the floor that he normally does. Um, and he got himself into foul trouble. But he just he just wasn't the same player last night. So, um, and again, I'm not suggesting that Marcus Smart is is one of the other guys. I know he's one of their key players, but he, he's he's not Jalen and 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 Jason, right? He's not Tatum or Brown. He played great last night. The they dominated down low, and um, and the Celtics are up two one. And you know what? If I had to make a pick right this second, I'd pick the Celtics to win tomorrow. I'm saying the I, me personally, I'm saying the Warriors win tomorrow, and they even things up. I just think it's I think it's one of those series that the, see, the yeah. teams you've got championship caliber teams. They're going to make adjustments. 
I think the team that has to play with more urgency, and I think we've seen that, Celtics play with more urgency in the fourth quarter of game one. They won it. Warriors came back. Celtics played urgent last night. You know the Warriors are going to be urgent tomorrow. Um, I think this series is going to be kind of like this. Um, The Warriors have gone like 29 straight postseason series winning a road game. They better do it tomorrow night if they want to even this thing up and and send it back to San Francisco tied 2-2. So, again, I... Ask me tomorrow again. I mean, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But if if you put gun to my head right now, who's winning tomorrow? I think the Warriors are winning. If tomorrow. the Celtics win this, here's a question for you, Steve. You're an NBA guy. You're a former athlete. <laughs> if the Celtics win this, are they favored going into next year in the East? I mean, it would be hard to say no to that. I mean, it, it's a long off season. What if the Let's net, see what, what if changes the are made. Get their big three, you know, their act together. What if the Ben Simmons, you know, Kyrie um, and who? And so Katie. are you asking me who's the, who the odds-on favorite will be? I'm asking you. Do you think that the Celtics will be the, the favorite? If the Celtics remain are intact, the Bucks going to be the favorite? If the Celtics remain intact, that's a great question because Bucks didn't have Middleton. I mean, so much happens in the off season, though. A lot of comings and goings. There's a draft. I mean, the draft won't impact those teams as much as the, you know, I so yeah. I get that. But free agency certainly impacts everybody. Um, I mean, it's hard. It would be hard to say no if they just won a title and they got pretty much everybody back. And it's not like they're aging. Like, no, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like, haven't even reached their prime yet, which is the scary thing, you know? Um, so it, it would be hard to say no, that they're not going to be the favorite. So, I, yeah, I mean, my, my knee-jerk reaction is yes, but let's see how the offseason transpires. All right, and I guess I'm going to address the elephant in the room right now. What's that? Before we go to break here after our first segment. Uh, QSportsTalk.com is where you can watch our program, Steve. And something that happened yesterday is apparently stuck in in the minds of everybody on QSportsTalk.com. Everybody's still trying. You were a DJ as a teenager on the radio, and people are still trying to guess your DJ name, and we're not telling I, I thought I thought it would die down by today. No, but. it's the biggest thing in sports radio history. Apparently, <laughs> it's bigger than any contest I do. Sweeping the nation, yes. it's sweeping the nation today. Yeah, it's actually a game show. People are trying to guess what your DJ name was. You'll never come up with it. And no, you won't. And I'm never telling because it's awful. You told us in in secret. I, did, I told you after the show as I a swore family member, and I am never telling because I don't. Want, I am more than willing to say that you had your pants removed at the prom. <laughs> that I am what your stupid DJ name was. We're not telling, so just stop guessing. Thanks for having my back on that and agreeing with me that it was stupid. Yes, and you. Yes, you were right for once. For once, I owe you two lunches. You do. By the way, Wednesday, next Wednesday. You're making good on that? We're going to Texas Day, Brazil. All right. And I don't think Jordan's traveling now, so I am uh, I am um, going to take him, too. Excellent. Although he, as uh, Ryan Mullen in the Q Sports Talk chat says, he broke the trust. Like, if we were the mafia, we would have to have him whacked, as the kids say, because he told two people what your DJ name was. It's not a bro. Orange Nation family is, this is what I will say Orange Nation family is. When you say, this is in the family, it's me, you, Jordan, Katie. And Matt and Matt Watling was here yesterday, so he was part of it. But he was just an underling on the outside listening. There's no, no one else in this building is our family. 
Hope I can trust those other guys. Yeah, you better. Jordan better hope so. That's right. Body will turn up in Utica. <laughs> All right, uh, 315-437-7644 if you want to check in. Uh, we can talk NBA Finals. What? Go ahead. Uh, what I do want to talk about next is this survey that Jordan Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't, we didn't get to, to this in the first segment. Uh, Dan Siegel uh, put out an ACC fan survey about how satisfied are you, each fan base, how satisfied are the fan bases, uh, how, how satisfied are they with their schools? And uh, we will get into that next. 315-437-7644. Back after this. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. It's Queen Day, Steve, on uh, Orange Nation. Artist of the Day, Queen. Starting off with a little Radio Gaga. I believe 1984. Love Queen. I can tell. Not in my wheelhouse. Respect him, but... Uh, you better respect him, bro, man. One of the greatest. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I can appreciate greatness. Um, all right, so Jordan's in here to explain this uh, this survey that he passed along to us. Uh, Dan Siegel putting out uh, the ACC fan survey. So essentially, Jordan, uh, what was it? Scale of 1 to 10, how satisfied are you with your school? Various fan bases has to check in, you know, throughout the ACC has to check in on their school. Yeah, Dan did a little survey over 500 fans from different ACC schools. There were that was one of the questions. There were questions such as which would you rather have a Sweet 16 run in basketball, a bowl game in football. It asked which sports you prioritize, and he got these results. And as you can see, whether it's because the program's lacking or the fans are whining. Syracuse fans are the least satisfied. I, I find it interesting the two schools leading the way. Yes, it's really bizarre. Uh, Pittsburgh, the, the Pitt not, fans are the most satisfied. Do they not realize that their basketball team sucks? Well, right. So this is <laughs> this is strictly <laughs> like about football. Nobody go like that's so weird to me too because nobody goes to the basketball. They they were probably the easiest sellout. You know. Besides Duke and maybe North Carolina and the ACC, easiest sellout that that. You go to that arena, it's sold out. There was nobody there this year. Yeah. They've been bad for a long time. Yeah, so Pitt fans, uh, 8.8 out of 10 in terms but of how satisfied they are. It also shows you how smart the athletics departments are and the TV people are because football drives the ship. Yeah. If you, you're you good in football, your fan base is going to be happy. Yeah, Pitt was uh, first in this list. Uh, Wake Forest number two. They're just at, stupid uh, at eight point six seven. Again, <laughs> Wake had a really good football year. Should I be concerned? Uh, third to last, Miami. They had a deep run in the tournament. Their football team's They're, paying nil money out the wazoo. Listen, listen, you weren't alive when Miami was a thing. They their football program should be elite. They should be up there with Clemson, and they're not. And their fan base is mad about it. I get it. They got to get back into cheating. So in any event, uh, not to bury the lead, we, we mentioned Syracuse was last, but uh, the number associated with Syracuse, 3.33 out of 10. Georgia Tech fans are happier I than know. that. What do they have to smile about? I'll, I'll be honest with you here. Um, it doesn't shock me at all no. that Syracuse is last. <laughs> and honestly, like you... you want to hear I, a hot take, Steve? Yeah, go ahead. Syracuse would be last... If they had made another Sweet 16 run and they were in the pinstripe bowl again, Syracuse no, would be last. No. Yes, it would. Their fan, this fan base is perpetually salty. 
I mean, I agree with that, can you but blame I don't agree with year? that they would be last anyway. I know we had this discussion a few months back how important winning seasons are. Can you blame them? I, I will, you know, this, and I, this isn't a hot take like the Celtics are going to lose in five, but I really think Syracuse would be at the bottom basically of all polls no matter what, unless they had two, two national championships to hold up. I honestly believe that. There's nothing right now that will make this fan base happy. Nothing that would make the fan base happy. What What would make Syracuse fan base I mean, you happy just said and- Sweet 16 in a bowl game. I think fans would be happy with that. I, I mean, are they going to be 10 out of 10 no, satisfied? No, because you know no. what they'd be saying? This is what makes us happy now? You're happy with average? Yes, that, that, there are some people who would say that. The Swedish a- chef a Syracuse fan? <laughs> yes. What? Love yes. the Swedish chef, by the way. What it, that's what I want to know. What's it going to take, though? Because you addressed it, Paulie. Pitt is at the top. They only had a good football season. This, as you all know, is a basketball town. Is another run going to satisfy people, or have we finally reached the point where football needs to start shining for people to accept the program? Uh, like, can we survive on just basketball? So, so we've never seen a year like this, right? And we've established that that in our lifetimes, and anybody listening to us, it has not happened in their lifetime where you've had a losing record in lacrosse, men's lacrosse, a losing record in men's basketball, losing record in football. It's never happened in in since any any of us have been alive. Um, so it was. I mean, this you, you hope is the exception to the rule. I would like to see what this what this number looks like, you know, say like the year before or going back to the you know the ten win season for SU football. What was it like that year? Like, look at Louisville; they're towards the bottom, but they're at a five six. They had a terrible basketball year, terrible football year. I mean, Boston College is at a five. That's like halfway. What did they have to be happy about? See, but here's Seriously. the thing: when you're in Boston, nobody cares about BC. Right, nobody cares about Pitt in Pittsburgh. They're like number five. Like apparently, people cared about Pitt this year. No, no, but Pitt is like it's it goes Steelers, Penguins, Penguins, right. Pirates. Pirates. You yeah. got other things to worry to about to distract you. Yes, yeah. You, I mean, there there is definitely some truth to that. Um, that here in Syracuse, I mean, it's it's Syracuse University is is number one, number two, number three. So right. I get that. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about Duke. A 6.67, yes, the basketball team made a final four. did what they normally do, but like their football program is not doing much. They don't care about football. Coach K, they? gone. Duke is such an anomaly Like when it comes to sports. Their football program sucks. Nobody cares because their basketball program is top, you know, top four program all, all the time. And you know what? I mean, that number, so that's, you know, your... I mean, six point six seven. That's, you know, two thirds happy. Like I, that. That makes sense. I don't know. I I think that what I, I am. I am a little surprised. I guess Florida State shocking too. I'm most surprised by the Miami number. You guys already pointed that out. But I'm most surprised at the Miami number. That Miami is third last when they're coming off. No, I. A, but you also look at it if you put it in perspective. It looks like football's the driving right, force this, in this. this entire survey. And, yeah. And. Yeah, I mean, NC State. What the hell are Florida State fans happy about? They had a horrible basketball year. They're happy about beating Syracuse on a missed holding call. That's what they're hanging their hats on. Their football program was a perennial powerhouse, and now it's a joke. They did make the baseball tournament, though. 
That's another thing. <laughs> you think any of these schools are excited about baseball yes. right now when oh, they fill out this yeah. survey a couple weeks ago? Like, oh, we're in the tournament, baby. Yes. Syracuse fans are all just very sad because they don't have anything to follow right now. Well, Vatek's one of the best baseball teams in the country. So maybe that helped boost their uh, their fourth on this list. Yeah, they they had an okay basketball season, right? They disappointed in a little ways, right? Weren't they picked... Uh, Early on to be yeah. pretty good, and yeah. they kind of disappointing. They lost early in the tournament. Their football team just fired their head coach. Lost to Syracuse. At the who's at the bottom of the list? You know, I don't know. I think what I've learned is that Syracuse basketball makes the tournament, makes a Sweet Sixteen, does whatever. Unless they get to the Final Four, fans won't be happy unless this football team is in a bowl game. I, we're past the days of you can get by on just basketball and lacrosse. You can get by on a decent football season. Well, they didn't even have basketball and lacrosse right this year. Exactly. But I, I, I don't think that that's enough anymore. I get Syracuse's upset. I just have a tendency to think that's just in our nature. We, we live in a town where the weather sucks 24-7, and, you know, all we got is our sports. They do have to listen to you, too, I'm sure. Correct. That. I'm You're sure 100% that. right. I have to think, though, and, and football hasn't been good for 20 years. I have to think that if they're, you're talking Sweet 16 basketball, if you're talking a lacrosse team that makes the tournament, you know, maybe goes to the Final Four, I would have to think that the satisfaction rate, ranking would be much think, higher Sir, than that. Do you ever think that the Syracuse fan base could be the happiest fan base in the ACC? <laughs> I, ever. I strongly doubt that. <laughs> It would take a really, really long what, time, right? What is more likely to happen in your lifetime? You win the lottery or Syracuse is the happiest fan base <laughs> in the ACC? I think Duke would need to switch conferences before we even think about that. Fans won't be happy until they're either the best basketball program in the whole conference, which, look, just not going to happen, or until the football team is doing what they did in that one year with Dungy. It's going to take excellence. Yeah, your your take sucked because Syracuse basketball could be the best for one year in basketball any year. You think so? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. What a <laughs> terrible take. Who let this kid on microphone? <laughs> but you know what? I mean, the, the when that wait, it, when that happens, I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me because it's not going to be anytime soon. It, I can assure you that. Here's I don't what, like saying that with football, and we saw it happen. That if everything comes together, like the football team can win 10 games and go to a bowl. Like, it can happen. We just saw it happen a few years ago. I think that what this fan base wants is just for some consistency. There's been no consistency. Right. Well, it's been consistent. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair point. Just not in the, the way not we in the all good want. way. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is uh, Well, you don't know if Dan's here because you've been sitting in here with us. So we're going to take a break. Uh, we're hoping to bring on Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub on the other side. we got Cam McCauley coming up at 1245. He's the creator of the Chronicles of Syracuse Men's Lacrosse. We'll hear from Herm Frazier at 1. We uh, taped that interview before we came on the air with you today. And then John Ryan at 1.30. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is uh, the big one. Hopefully Dan's still listening. Yes, would you know this if it was not in a movie in the 90s? Or would you? Yeah, I would know. Yeah. 
That helped. It's but Bohemian yes. Rhapsody, 1975, A Night at the Opera. Um, all right, so... Queen is the artist of the day. Yes, Queen is the artist of the day. So we uh, we caught up with Herm Frazier prior to the show today. Uh, it is Thursday, so we're going to have another episode of Inside the Orange coming up uh, at 2 o'clock on QSportsTalk.com. We spoke with Herm for about a half hour. We taped it since uh, he's uh, about to head out uh, on a plane uh, to a wedding. So we'll get to that now. Uh, Herm, for those of you who don't know, is the Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University. Many of you uh, know him as the, the man most responsible for putting the football schedule together. And, uh, and we asked him about that. He, he talked about his role and his hand in the football scheduling. Well, it's kind of funny because everybody says I'm in charge of the football scheduling, but you never see my name attached to anything. Everybody else talks about it. But um, I am basically the internal operations of the athletics department. So I touch almost every sport. I also um, work closely with our CFO. I work closely with our compliance department. Um, My office handles all the charter aircrafts for um, all of our teams. So football, men's and women's basketball, lacrosse, anytime any of those Sports would need to travel via charter aircraft. My office handles all of those uh, bids out with all the uh, the companies across the country. My office also handles all the bus transportation on everything that goes out. As in, so we have it set up, Steve and Pauly, where if one of our teams get off a plane anywhere in the country, there's one company that's responsible for that transportation to get them where they have to go, hotel, uh, competition venue or what have you. Um, And then we have another contract with a company here locally that then takes all of our teams to the airport as well as anybody in what we call regional travel. And regional travel would mean uh, bus trips to Pittsburgh or Boston or Philadelphia or Cornell or Colgate or those types of things. So my office handles all that. Um, Any postseason competition uh, men's and women's basketball, I'm involved. Any postseason bowls for our football team, I'm involved. Anything with, um, uh, let's say, neutral site games with, uh, with football or basketball, I'm involved. Uh, anything that has to do with uh, what we call METs, that would be basketball tournaments that would be in New York City, that would be the uh, Maui Classic. That would that would also include whenever we go to the Bahamas, things of that nature. Um, and then any all of the sports medicine personnel, obviously uh, Brad Pike oversees it, but Brad Pike reported to me uh, everything with the um, the strength and conditioning area. All of those report up to my office and. Anything that deals with uh, the coaches and the day-to-day schedule of athletics, uh, Herm Frazier's probably involved. You know, you brought up the the charter travel, and when did that become a thing for colleges, Herm? You know, for the average fan, that sounds crazy that we're flying every. And back when I used to fly, when I was traveling with the teams, it was we flew commercial. So what you know, what led to the charters? Is that a recruiting thing? Was it a safety thing? What led to that? It's a little bit of both, Polly. Um, when you live in a, um, I guess I would call it a community like ours, and and most recently, we've had enough air service 
where we have larger airplanes coming into the market. So therefore, with um, with with like uh, Southwest, I guess the American now has some some larger flights, and Delta has that nonstop flight to uh, to Atlanta. Some of our teams we could put on some of those aircrafts, but the issue is when you have teams as large as our soccer teams and our lacrosse teams and our football teams and those particular teams, when they have to go to some of the places in the ACC, it's not very easy to get there. And then that puts you at a competitive disadvantage. And so as I can sit here today, I can pretty much probably tell you where every aircraft that leaves Hancock Airport that has over 100 seats where it's going. Uh, American to Charlotte or in American down to Dallas and so forth and so on. Uh, and, and so in basketball, it's a little harder because you have to, uh, to have your teams arrive at those sites. And sometimes you have to leave at, at different times. You also have to take into consideration we are an academic institution. So therefore, the student athletes need to be in class. So there's a whole lot of balls that we're struggling with and things up in the air to make it work. But it's a little bit of all the above. All right, let's talk a little football scheduling now. And, you know, we know these things are done years in advance. I'm just curious, you know, if we could, like, peel back the curtain a little bit in terms of, you know, how many people are being consulted on this? Um, You know, is there a certain philosophy? When do you decide? Like, we know that the Penn State series was just added. There's that Tennessee game on the slate in 2025. How do you decide when to to go for one of those marquee matchups versus, you know, maybe a a mid-major, non-Power 5 type team, you know, to to add to your non-conference schedule? Can you kind of give us, um, you know, some of what goes on in those meetings to determine, you know, how you're going to form the schedule? year in and year out some of those parameters are um, are mandatory by the conference so therefore you have to play at least one power five team every year as mandated by the ACC and it all kicks in as a part of our contract with our television partners so therefore that's why you see Purdue on the schedule this year Notre Dame pops on there because Notre Dame is a part of the regular rotation that we have with the ACC. Now, having said that, there are certain other schools that qualify and under the Power Five. Army could could qualify in um, many many respects, and then there's other uh, BYU um, can qualify in many respects. It's because of the quality of the opponent that those particular schools are, and so we. We actually balance that schedule. So therefore, you may see a MAC team, uh, you may see an FCS team, uh, and then you'll see another mid-major team to go along with the, um, the other quality opponents that you have. So this year, for instance, when we signed that game with Purdue, Purdue, I think that was probably about three or four years ago, and Purdue has gotten much better than they were before. And so when you look at it, it also gives us an opportunity this year, I believe, to have seven home games. And so at a time when all of us want our football program to be successful, to have seven home games um, is, is a feather in our cap as we try to, uh, to take this team and get prepared for hopefully playing in a bowl game. And 
I will also say, guys, that I have games, or not I, but Syracuse University have games on the schedule one or two or three as far out already as 2030, 2031. How, how do you handle it when the football program is down right now? Steve and I have been in this town a long time, and we remember the glory days. But, you know, you schedule a Penn State, and it, it splits the fan base. They Some half want big names to play, and the other half want wins. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, balance that so that you, you can't always make everybody happy, though? Well, you, you, you answered your own question. You balance <laughs> it. And so you balance it because half the people – Love that Penn State game uh, because it, it brings back an opponent that used to be here for many, many years with Syracuse and the and the Syracuse faithful here in this area. And the, the ones who don't want us to win the six games. But at the same time, also, um, when you have a Penn State on the game, I don't have to tell you guys, it's going to bring more fans in the stands. And that's something you also have to balance as well. Uh, inflation is amongst us right now and prices are going up. And at the same time, uh, we have to run an athletics program. And I think the university also wants us to make sure that we are covering our budget as best we can as well. How, how do you deal with a head football coach in a situation like that when you have to explain to him, hey, we just threw Penn State on the schedule and, you know, good luck? Well, first of all, you guys have to understand him and I go way back. Um, early on in my career, when I was the associate athletic director at Arizona State with um, a fine football coach by the name of Jack to um, the Rose Bowl, and we, uh, we defeated a great Michigan team when Bo Schembecker was the coach. And uh, at the time, one of the graduate assistants on that team was a young guy by the name of Dino Babers. And so Dino and I have known each other since 1986. And he's followed my career. I've, I've followed his career. And so that's one of those ones where it goes, Coach, uh, Penn State's in all of our best interests. Uh, John Walhack and Dino and I, we sit down and we have those conversations and uh, we come to a conclusion. All right, that is, uh, again, Senior Deputy Athletics Director Herman Frazier. Uh, we spoke with Herm for about a half hour. You can hear the entire conversation coming up uh, at 2 o'clock on QSportsTalk.com, yeah, uh, our get, latest Inside the Orange segment. Yeah, he gives more info on scheduling, too, and just how you know he, he gets into the basketball preseason tournaments. You know more on football. Who's involved in it? It's good stuff. So check good it out. Good stuff. And again, he's he's an Olympic champion. He's got an Olympic gold medal from nineteen. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So yeah, you'll, he's a fascinating guy, um, a great guy too. So uh, so tune in at two o'clock on QSportsTalk.com. We'll be back after this on ESPN Radio.